If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia, where we rage against the machine, where we raise our voices against injustice and stand up for justice, where we embrace hope and joy with an optimism for a brighter, more just future. Each week, I'll be dropping knowledge, whether it's a solo episode from me or a hearty discussion with esteemed guests doing great things in spaces and places of politics, entertainment, social justice, and beyond. We get real, baby. I mean, really real. We get honest. We get up close and personal for you. Yes, you. Because everybody is somebody. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thank you, Sim. Tiffany, Sam, and the team over at Good Juju Studios, Erica England, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, and my social media team. Hello, somebody. So very glad that we could be together on this particular occasion as we reflect on the life and the legacy of the one and only Reverend Doc. Martin Luther King Jr. We know that as a nation for 2022, we will be celebrating his holiday on January the 17th. It will be the 27th year. And just to remind folks, because some people who are listening to Hello Somebody today probably weren't even born when the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr holiday became a holiday. It was a fight. Let me remind folks and some people who were born who might not remember 
it was not one of those things where this country said, yes, let's come together and do the right thing. Oh, no. It was an absolute drag out, knock down fight. And so I want to give big ups to Mrs. Coretta Scott King for all that she did in her own right, but particularly having to deal with the murder of her husband, having her children, and really being a catalyst for the MLK holiday. Many, many people certainly uh, put in the work to make this a reality, but none more than Mrs. Coretta Scott King. So we want to lift her and, and shout her out as well. Uh, they were indeed a team. So Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday is really on January the 15th. He was born in 1929, January 15th. 1929. I want to share a personal story. And then I want to talk about uh, Reverend King from the uh, using using Dr. Cornell West's book, The Radical King, as a foundational point. You know, so often on the King holiday, certainly we play I Have a Dream, and it was a magnificent speech. Uh, Reverend Dr. King is certainly known for giving riveting speeches. He was one of the best at it, no doubt whatsoever. But there has been a uh, whitewashing of Dr. King of sorts, a let's just make him mellow. And people who do not want to deal with the fact that Reverend King challenged this country on race, He challenged his country when it came to poverty and excessive greed. He challenged his country on war, about endless wars. Yes, he did. He did all those things. And when he was talking that talk, he was not beloved. He was not heralded. He was actually ridiculed. And the, the Gallup polls of the time, show that Dr. King was not popular. He was not popular, certainly not popular with the white community and not popular among the majority of black people. Hello, somebody. So let's just, you know, we're going to just tell the truth about it. And I certainly believe that if Dr. King were alive today and advocating in the same way that he was in the 60s, that there would be so many people, so many people who get up there and quote him and talk about him uh, with with reverence, which he deserves that, they would be talking about him in a whole totally different way. They would be the people saying, you're dreaming too big, you're reaching too high, you're asking for stuff to change too fast, which he did hear all of those things while he was alive. But looking at what is happening in the state of politics right now, baby, it would be people saying that. And I ain't just talking about the Republicans either. It would be folks who do not believe that the poor, the working poor, and the barely middle class in this country deserve dignity, deserve respect, and deserve to live a good life. Reverend King was very much ahead of his time. He really, really was. So, oh my goodness. So just to, I want to tell you, I'll just share with you a personal story. One of my uh, older cousins, Penny Jordan, reminded me of this story. And certainly my dad has told this story or a 
portion of the story too. And it is about my dad when he was a little boy. So I do have a connection, like a family connection to the King family. I'm just beaming with pride as I tell you guys this story. I mean, who who would have thought? I, listen, it's, it's something that, that brings me really, really great joy. But as my cousin tells the story, and my dad has again told me this story that when my dad was a, a younger, a, a little boy, he needed some surgery. And my dad grew up and was born in Gainesville, Georgia, and he needed surgery and it had to be done in Atlanta. Now, many of you know that for African-Americans, we could not we could travel. I mean, you put your life on your line on the line when you travel, depending on who you ran into and and what if they were up to no good. But black people could not just stay in hotels. There's this thing called the Green Book, and I encourage people to look that up. And so, black people had to like really plan their travel, where they were going to sleep, where they were going to eat because it was not as easy as it is for us today. There was no going to the Sheraton or the Hilton or whatever hotels existed at that time. It was not easy. It it was a chore to travel as an African-American and figuring out again, where you're going to sleep, where you're going to eat, where you could be. Uh, Some of you may have heard of sundown towns and those were towns where black people could not be out when the sun went down, your life was literally in danger. It was either de facto or de jure in reality, you know, in practice and, and in law that uh, black people were indeed treated worse than second class citizens. But the whole notion that sundown towns existed just in plain sight, that it was very, very clear that black people could not be in those towns when the sun went down. And it was known, it was known by everybody from the greatest uh, to the least that this was the practice of uh, said uh, town or city or community. It it is just absolutely ridiculous uh, to think in this country that that was a practice, but it absolutely was. And even well into you know, the the 70s, the 80s, still places where black people were afraid to go or certainly afraid to be uh, at a certain time of the day or the night. Yeah, true. So I definitely encourage people to do some more research about uh, sundown towns. And all right, so the story, finally, yeah, let me get to the story. So my dad, yeah, as I said, was was a little boy. He was sick and and he had to have surgery. So my grandmother, Johnny Mae Hudson, actually stayed at Dr. King and Mrs. King's uh, home when uh, while my dad was on his way to to get his surgery. I mean, isn't that beautiful? I'm like, oh my god, I got. <laughs> Goosebumps just even thinking about that. It it it's just so so wonderful. And my cousin goes on to say that, you know, um, Mrs. Coretta Scott King and my grandmother were friends, and that my grandmother used to babysit for the King children. Oh, 
I'm feeling an awe moment, y'all. I hope you're feeling that awe moment right with me. So that's just my little, you know, my little connect I wanted to, to throw in there as we, you know, talk about the King holiday in 2022 and just kind of go down memory lane, both historically and also, you know, what we can do in this moment to honor the life and the legacy of Dr. King, what we can do, yeah, we can do a whole lot to be the change that we want to see in the world. So let's go, let's go. So the Radical King in this book is edited and and introduced by Dr. Cornell West. So I'm going right to the introduction because the introduction lays out the points that I want to make. I'm going to read some excerpts from this book and then, you know, we're going to have this conversation. And I encourage you all to read this book. If you have not read this book, you should read it. It gives you the different dynamics and dimensions of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And not just the same angles we hear over and over and over again. And if you are on social media, I encourage you to follow uh, the King Center and also follow uh, Reverend Bernice King. She tweets a lot about her dad and she and her mom. Yes. And her mom. And she challenges things that are happening in real time right now. And it's it's, it's really I found it very helpful and enlightening to see what she has to say about the different things that are happening from the court cases, from police brutality to the failure of this country to really deliver on promises uh, to the poor, the working poor, and the barely class, barely middle class, and certainly has failed to deliver on the promises to black people. So here we go. This is uh, excerpts from the introduction of the Radical King, again edited and introduced by Dr. Cornell West. The FBI transcript of a June twenty seventh. 1964 phone conversation reveals Malcolm X receiving a message from Martin Luther King Jr. This message supported the idea of getting the Human Rights Declaration of the United Nations to expose the unfair, vicious treatment of black people in America. Malcolm X replied that he was eager to meet Martin Luther King Jr. as soon as the next afternoon. If they had met, that day and worked together, the radical king would be well known. In a speech to staff in 1966, King explained, quote, there must be a better distribution of wealth and maybe America must move towards a democratic socialism, end quote. If he had lived and pursued this project, the radical king would be well known. On April 4th, 1968 in Memphis, the last day of his life, Martin Luther King Jr. phoned Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta with the title of his Sunday sermon, quote, why America may go to hell, end quote. If he had preached this sermon, the radical king would be well known. Yet in Dr. King's own time, 
He would say repeatedly, quote, I am nevertheless greatly saddened that the inquirers have not really known me, my commitment or my calling, end quote. It is no accident that just prior to King's death, 72% of whites and 55% of blacks disapproved of his opposition to the Vietnam War and his efforts to eradicate poverty in America. Hello, somebody. Did y'all hear what I just read? You know, I had started talking about it before I, you know, started reading the introduction that Dr. Cornell West wrote, at least to you in this segment, you know, I, I, I try to read portions of this book every single year. And that is why I'm encouraging you to do so. And then another speech uh, book I would encourage you to read is, uh, why we can't wait also. And that book is by Dr. King. So this book, the radical King is Dr. King's speeches, but they are edited and introduced by Dr. Cornel West. He lays the historical foundation and the social foundation and the moral foundation to Dr. King and the words that he both spoke and wrote or wrote and spoke. And he does it in a way to give us a deeper understanding that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King just wasn't some go along to get along civil rights leader and activist. Yes, he believed in nonviolent resistance. But do y'all know what it takes to resist nonviolently? And that's hard work. We know that Mahatma Gandhi is who Dr. King studied when it, when it comes to the whole concept of nonviolent resistance. And he brought that here to America and utilized it in the civil rights movement. It is a natural thing that if somebody is trying to physically harm you naturally, it's like breathing, you know, it just happens. Your body, we are designed for fight or flight. So it is very natural to want to physically defend oneself if somebody is coming at you. Hello? What is not normal, what takes a lot of courage, what 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 discipline is to take the stuff. Fill in the blank. I want to say something else that people throwing at you. So when we think about the sisters and brothers who sat at those lunch counters, you know, they were trained to do that. They went through training to sit up there and let folks talk about you and your mama and spit in your face and pour hot coffee on you and spit on you and punch you. Do you know naturally you want to slap and punch and spit at these people? Do it back to them. Hello? That That's real. That's real. Can we just wrap our minds around that realness that Sister Turner is talking about right now? Can I get can I get some amens? Can I get some hello somebodies on that? Yes. Yes. Wrap our mind around that. Okay. Now let me go back because I am really, I'm feeling this thing, y'all. So let me go, go back to the introduction as written by Dr. Cornell West. So I'm going to read that part again. It is no accident that just prior to King's death, 72% of whites and 55% of blacks disapproved of his opposition to the Vietnam War and his efforts to eradicate poverty 
in America. Now, you might say, Turner, that don't make sense. Who could be against eradicating poverty in America? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the same power structure that is against eradicating poverty in America right now. It is the same power structure that is feeding the American people a steady diet of what we cannot do, what we cannot have, what we cannot be, what we cannot afford. Hello? But as the urban poet Tupac once said, we got money for wars, but we can't feed the poor. How true a statement from Tupac. And we just see that every president, be they Democrat or Republican, increase, they increase the military budget. Now, they can't have bipartisan connections when it comes to paid family leave. We can't find a bipartisan way to have universal health care. We can't find a bipartisan way to increase the minimum wage. The federal minimum wage is at $7.25. Everything else has gone up. Food and gas and clothing and goods and services. Fill in the blank for yourself. Everything has gone up but the federal minimum wage. So you ask, who could be against that? It is the reincarnation of the same people. And we have the same people in different groups, mainly people with power, but they are manipulating the American people. We were the wealthiest country on the face of the earth. Many other nations have universal health care, paid family leave, et cetera, et cetera. But yet we can't have those things. So yeah, 77% of whites. 55% of blacks disapproved. And we know where the power structure was on these things. Disapproved of his opposition to the Vietnam War and his efforts to eradicate poverty in America. When much of the black leadership attacked him, shunned him, King replied, quote, what you're saying may get you a foundation grant but it won't get you into the kingdom of heaven. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. In other words, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was saying, you can say these things and it's going to get you a little love from the folks encouraging you to say these things. But guess what? It ain't going to get you into heaven. Oh, are you are you feeling that thing with me? Lord, have mercy. Yeah, this dumb sister turn having a moment. I, I am just going to be totally keep that 100. In short, Martin Luther King Jr. refused to sell his soul for a mess of porridge. He refused to silence his voice in his quest for unarmed truth and unconditional love. For King, the condition of truth was to allow suffering to speak. You know, we hear Dr. West say that all the time. As I was reading that, I could hear him say that. I've been in his presence many a times as he has said that we must allow suffering to speak. What what kind of suffering have, have we seen that have, what type of suffering have we witnessed in our lifetime and the messages that that suffering is trying to unveil 
from the Black Lives Matter movement to the workers' strikes and their attempts to unionize. Hello, Amazon. You know, we we got a lot suffering to speak. You go ahead, Dr. West. You better say that. For him, y'all, I keep keep commentating in between. Okay, I'm back to the words of Dr. West. For him, justice was what love looks like in public. In King's eyes, too many black leaders sacrificed the truth for access to power or reduced sacrificial love and service to selfish expediency and personal gain. Can I get a whoop whoop? This is serious. And it was happening in the 60s. And it's happening in the 2000s. Because that element of human nature has not changed. That people who have the power, who represent the status quo, baby, all they want to do is keep the status quo in place. And some of those people are people who you like. You may even love them. You may have even voted for them. You may even support their leadership. But to the extent that they are more concerned about the grant, more concerned about going to the White House dinner party than they are for standing up for the poor, the working poor, and the barely middle class, we have a problem. And it is a problem of consciousness or lack thereof. It is immoral. To spend billions on top of billions of dollars in the military industrial complex. Hell, even give the budget more money than what was asked for. But then sit up here and have the pure unadulterated gall to say that the people of this country don't deserve an increased minimum wage, that they don't deserve good housing. That we shouldn't cancel student debt. That we shouldn't drive down the cost of pharmaceutical drugs. Seriously? Priorities are wrong. They're wrong. They were wrong in the 60s. And they are wrong in the 2000s. To have a leader of the House of Representatives when asked, was it okay? For members of the Congress to trade in stocks. And the answer is we are a free market. Now, I was listening to The Hill Rising and uh, one of the, the the hosts was saying, you know, it's just like the, the, the umpire. They were using the they were <laughs> using baseball references, which I must tell you, Sister Turner knows nothing about. Okay, I could barely get, give you a good football reference. I can give you a basketball reference though. But they use baseball as an example. And and what they said was it would be just like the umpire playing the game. You know, I mean, think about that. Playing the game. True. It would be like a referee in a basketball game, being the sixth man on the court. Hello? That 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 somehow members of Congress who write the flipping rules. Y'all follow me? They write the rules. But then they get the trade too? What in the Sam Hill hell? Yeah, we, we got problems. And it is of consciousness. 
It is of morality or the lack thereof. And quite frankly, it is just people just don't give a damn. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic so slow, connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Meanwhile, back to Radical King. Edited and introduced by Dr. Cornell West. So I'm going back. Yeah, I'm going back. In between, I'm weaving in my commentary. In King's eyes, too many black leaders sacrifice the truth for access to power or reduce sacrificial love and service to selfish expediency and personal gain. This spiritual blackout among black leaders resulted in their use and abuse by the white political and economic establishment that constituted a kind of, quote, conspiracy against the poor, end quote. This spiritual blackout, this lack of integrity and courage primarily revealed a deep fear, failure of nerve and spinelessness on behalf of black leaders. Let us just put that. Let's pause right there. We're going to just put hit the pause button on that. You know, I often tell the story about my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, my grandmother that told the story of the three bones, different from the grandmother I started the story off about, but my maternal grandmother, the three bone story, the wishbone, the jawbone, and the backbone, you know, that backbone right there. That's see, that's what Dr. West is talking about. You, I had a boss of mine and he used to always say, Mayor Michael R. White, when I worked for the city of Cleveland, he said, you can't give somebody a spine if they don't have one. You just can't. And so back to grandma, maternal grandma. Yeah. The wishbone, the jawbone, the backbone, the backbone gives you the courage to stand up through the pressure, through the innuendos, through the hate. And so Dr. Cornell West is absolutely correct to call out spinelessness people who don't have the heart to stand the hell up you know it's just time out time out for it they too often were psychophants cheerleaders or bootlickers 
for big moneyed interest, even as the boots were crushing poor and working people. In stark contrast to this cowardice, King stated to his staff, quote, I'd rather be dead than afraid, end quote. My, my, my. Although much of America did not know the radical king, and too few know today, the FBI and U.S. government did. They called him, quote, the most dangerous man in America, end quote. They knew Reverend King was a revolutionary Christian, sincere in his commitment and serious in his calling. They knew he was a product of a black prophetic tradition, full of fire in his bones, love in his heart, light in his mind, and courage in his soul. Martin Luther King Jr. was the major threat to the U.S. government and the American establishment because he dared to organize and mobilize black rage over past and present crimes against humanity, targeting black folks and other oppressed people. Any such black awakening can either yield hatred and hatred and revenge or love and justice. This is why the prophetic words of Rabbi Abraham Joshua Herschel still haunts us. Quote, the whole future of America will depend upon the impact and influence of Dr. King. End quote. The fundamental question is, does America have the capacity to hear and heed the radical king or must America sanitize king in order to evade and avoid his challenge? King indeed had a dream. But it was not the American dream. King's dream was rooted in the American dream. It was what the quest for life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness looked like for people enslaved and Jim Crowed and terrorized and traumatized and stigmatized by American laws and American citizens. The litmus test for realizing King's dream was neither a black face in the White House nor a black presence on Wall Street. Rather, the fulfillment of his dream was for all poor and working people to live lives of dignity and decency. Babe, you know what? Yeah. Oh, no. We're going to put a pin right there. I encourage. Are y'all feeling that? I hope you're feeling some type of way about that. Again, I am reading excerpts from the introduction of the radical king, Martin Luther King Jr., edited and introduced by Dr. Cornell West. Okay, so I'm going to stop that right there. I am going to stop that right there. This is it. In the face of such great suffering in our very lifetime, our very lifetime, the question becomes, what are we going to do? And so whether it is remembering the life and legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Mrs. Coretta Scott King, and other contemporary freedom fighters of the 60s, know this, that the fight for justice is a continuum. It doesn't stop. And fighting for justice is not pretty. It is messy. It is ugly. It can be traumatizing. It can get you hurt. Physically, spiritually, mentally. I mean, that is what 
the contemporaries of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had to endure mega ever shot in his driveway. Dr. King assassinated. Minister Malcolm X assassinated. Mr. Ro Rosa Parks not being able to, you know, to, to, to live a life all the way through without threats. We can go on and on and on. The, the, the bombing at the 16th Street Baptist Church. Come on now. People paid a physical price to fight for a type of justice that would live and speak generation after generation. And what I want, hello, somebody, listeners, people on this journey with me today to understand that none of us can afford to sit back on the sidelines and continue to allow this foolishness, this immorality to continue. And I don't give a damn about which politician you voted for or support it. This is about forcing folks to use the people's power on the people's behalf. That is what Dr. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. worked towards. And yes, as Dr. Cornell West lays out in that last part that I read, rather the fulfillment of his dream was for all poor people. That is black. That is white. That is Hispanic. That is Asian. That is Christian. That is Muslim. That is Jew. That is Gentile. Baby, the whole rainbow mosaic. That's what we're talking about. All humanity, right? Rather, the fulfillment of his dream was for all people and working people to live lives of decency and dignity. There it is. If you are asking Sister Turner, what must you do? What can you do? You're in the black church. <laughs> the question comes, what must I do to be saved? Well, I'm talking about what we must do to save our country. Is for everyday people to put a little extra on their ordinary so that extraordinary things can happen. What must we do to be saved is not to tolerate the flim flam artists that are elected to office who have the, with a straight face can deny poor people in this country. Health care. Really. What must we do to be saved? Is to stand up and tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. What must we do to be saved? We must banty together no matter how we identify and say enough is enough is enough is enough on our watch. What must we do to be saved? Is to get mad as hell and not take it anymore and to use our anger in a strategic way to get the change that we all need and we deserve. What must we do to be saved? Is to take the ideas of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and others and put them into action. What must we do to be saved? It is not to tolerate excuses and foolishness from some of the most powerful people in this country and in this world. What must we do to be saved? It is the form of solidarity one to another. What must we do to be saved? It is to get involved and engaged any way that you can. To absolutely be a part of turning this thing around. What is true today does not have to be true tomorrow. If people like us, yes, you and me, decide 
then we are going to do our part. What must we do to be saved? It's to get involved and to get active and not to accept things as they are. Oh, I love y'all. I am feeling this MLK day in 2022. I'm asking the blessings of the creator to lift the people under the sound of my voice and that you will be more encouraged and more inspired to do what it is that you have been put on this earth to do, to be a part of the whole, to in the words of Mahatma Gandhi, to be the change that you want to see in this world. We can do it. Hello, somebody. Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.